Hey, and welcome back to the WordPress Edge podcast. This is the ultimate destination for professionals looking to harness the power of WordPress for large-scale enterprise solutions. I'm your host, Landon DePasquale. I'm an enterprise web strategist here at AmericanEagle.com. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a journey, a very important journey, a special journey that I think is near to all of our hearts. This is the journey of one man from .NET to WordPress. I'm joined by Todd Vriesma. Todd is an enterprise architect here at AmericanEagle.com. Todd, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you having me in. So Todd, tell me a little bit about your current role. What does it look like to be an enterprise architect? So here at AmericanEagle.com, the enterprise architect takes on multiple roles based on the really the project needs. Essentially, what we do is we interview the client, we gather requirements, both functional and technical, and recommend integrations and platforms to have them meet their goals. Fantastic, Todd. Tell me a little bit about your development background. As I understand it, you have a background in .NET. Correct. So I started uh, here at AmericanEagle.com many years ago with Classic ASP. Obviously, Classic ASP has moved on to .NET, and that has been my sole programming for most of my career. I did a stint in the financial industry uh, at a hedge fund where we were doing Java-based programming, and back here with American Eagle, where I can utilize my experience to help our clients gather their new platforms. So, Todd, you have a deep background in .NET. You have a little bit of a background in Java. What was your initial view of WordPress when you first started getting into the enterprise architect space and taking on the role that you're, you're doing now? Now, when clients come to us, they usually have an issue with their current platform. The platform's not working well for them. It's insecure and things like that. And a lot of the clients that we had coming in the door were coming from the WordPress platform. Interesting. Why? Why was that? I think that WordPress is a very accessible platform. And what that allows is for clients to get in basically at the ground level. So they usually start on the WordPress platform. They start to grow as an organization and do what a lot of people with WordPress do. Find a plugin. They snap these plugins in left and right. Next thing they know, they have 30 plugins and they can't keep them up to date or secure. So the, the beauty of WordPress, I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast, is WordPress is amazingly flexible, right? Like it will handle your bottom of the barrel, like smallest little blogging website all the way up to full-blown enterprise. But it allows, because of that flexibility, exactly the sort of like Frankenstein's monster that you can construct where you just throw a bunch of random code plugins into a site and then you start to wonder why it gets slow and unstable and, and has problems. And so that's what you were seeing with clients coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they came to us because it no longer met their needs. Yeah. And it was just a disorganized mess. Yeah. You know, each of the plugins had their own data structure associated with them, and they never seemed to play nice across the platform. Yeah. And I'm sure the client's experience was, oh, this means WordPress is bad, right? That is exactly what it And that was probably your experience too, right? It was. I had not seen an example of WordPress being used properly yeah. to suggest or to even recommend the platform as a starting base. Yeah. So, and I think this is a really important point, and this is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is I think a lot of people have had similar experiences to you. I've definitely talked to clients who start to talk about WordPress and they come at it sometimes like angry, like their their kind of emotional scars are coming out about the experiences they've had. And you start talking to them and you realize that their experience was with a really bad setup like 10 years ago. And it's hard to then judge 
what the platform is now compared to that. But I'm glad you're talking about this topic because I think it gives a good kind of flavor for where folks are coming from that are not in the WordPress space, right? They, they don't live and breathe WordPress. They haven't been doing it for a long time, but what that kind of perception is of, of WordPress around that. And would you say that that perception was shared by the other folks on the Enterprise Architect team? Yeah, I think for the most part that it was more of an inexperience with good implementations of yeah. WordPress that really drove us to more, well, .NET platforms. Yeah. Um, most of the people on the team have background in .NET. So that was kind of the go-to platform for us to you know, lean towards. Totally. And how long were you in that space of like, I'm in this enterprise architect position and I'm seeing these bad implementations of WordPress come in. WordPress is just not the right fit for for anyone or enterprise. I believe that it was probably like three years into the mix. Yeah. And it was when not a project that I was on, but a, you know, started to get exposure to a project of enterprise level that was going WordPress. And my first thought was, why? What a nightmare. What a disaster. Yeah. How, how can they run an enterprise site? Don't they know what they're doing? So so for me, it was it was an eye opening experience to be able to see how it was architected, the strategic direction that they decided to go in to meet the needs. And then honestly, to see how well it met the needs at the end of the project. Interesting. Do you remember what that project was? Believe it was it was Meekum. OK, what was that experience like when you you see this large enterprise project and you're going oh my gosh, like th this is a nightmare. This is not going to work at all. Step me through those kind of those points where you start to go, oh, well, maybe it's not such a nightmare. Oh, maybe WordPress is better than or different than what I thought. With the advent or basically increase in talk about composability and headless applications, you know, I think WordPress is starting to really come into its own yeah. with that type of an implementation. The the fear from me has always been that from a technical standpoint, you know, WordPress can't handle uh, enterprise traffic, right? That it will crumble under that type of basically effort yep. and really seeing a strategy in place that actually detaches that the WordPress backend from the front end, you know, enhancing it with with good search tools, you know, honestly, it was like, oh, this might actually work letting WordPress do what it does best and alleviating its faults with other types of technology. Absolutely. We've definitely talked in the past in some of our previous podcasts about the places that WordPress really shines and does well and the places that it, it doesn't. And I think the headless solution is, is one option here. But one of the things that we've seen in so, with some of our partners like VIP is that they can tune even standard WordPress to handle millions and millions of, of hits without performance issues precisely because of that sort of composability you're talking about where they allow WordPress to shine at the stuff that it's good at and they don't try to force it into a position that's not. And I think that's probably those bad experiences that you saw were always someone trying to force WordPress to do something it wasn't really meant to do. Yes, on, on that account. But it was also the fact that they basically grew organically and didn't have a strategy on exactly yeah. how they were going to implement so again, it was basically a house of cards that fell down in the end and which drove them to come to us to find a new solution. And that's not a unique WordPress problem, right? You see that on every single platform where someone starts to grow organically and what grows up around it ends up completely being a, a nightmare once it actually gets to that, that state. Yeah, and I think with other platforms, especially the monolithic platforms that do it all, you start to see really that it's a maintenance issue yep. going down the lines of 
you know, okay, how do we ensure that our changes don't affect other parts of the code? With WordPress and the plugins, it was not so much what changes are we going to make that's going to break the site? It's what updates to this particular plugin that I have that's going to take down the rest of my site. And so I'm guessing at some point you had the kind of revelation of, oh, there are people that build WordPress sites that don't rely primarily on plugins. <laughs> that was a revelation. <laughs> you know, seeing that there are handpicked plugins that people who develop enterprise sites like AmericanEagle.com, you know, utilize and have vetted and understand exactly how the tool works and how well it integrates. And then basically, you know, custom building the other portions that, that, that fit better outside of that plugin infrastructure. Yeah, I think one of the things that on the enterprise team we really kind of take as a central point is the idea that we rely on those best in industry plugins, Yoast, for example, right? No one's going to go out and rewrite their own version of Yoast. But for those areas where there isn't a standard, well-supported option, that building something that actually meets the client's needs is always going to be a better fit than trying to force a plugin into that role. And what I think is just as important, though, is that these plugins utilize categorization and tagging structures, you know, within WordPress itself and not self-contained. That's where we started to see a lot of issues with clients. They had to maintain categories in WordPress, in their blog, in their news module, and other things as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it, it causes all sorts of data, data cleanliness issues. So... You starting, you're starting to go through this change, right? You're starting to go through this, this transformation from WordPress is not fit for enterprise to, okay, I, I can actually see how, how, this, how this looks. Um, was there a moment or a particular defining thing that finally tipped you over the edge that made you go, oh, like, this is it. Like, this is, this is the point. Honestly, it's the experience of our WordPress team here at American Eagle. You know, having situations explained to me of how we've seen success in the past with some of our clients, the work that they're doing, and honestly, the speed of them actually bringing some of these to light was a lot different than I'm used to from a .NET platform. So as you started to learn more about WordPress at scale, were there any things that surprised you about working with WordPress at an enterprise scale? I really think it's the strategic thought process of how the platform is built. With our usual monolithic platforms, the idea is, okay, let's find the closest technical and functional fit for the platform and then modify from there. Yeah. So what it did is it gave you basically the A to Z of feature sets and you would modify and or you would actually modify your business process to match up against that. On the WordPress side of things, since everything is a little bit more custom built uh, and basically utilizing you know, third-party tools to bring in you know, best of breed software for things that WordPress doesn't natively cover. What it did is it allowed us to really tailor the site to the requirements of our clients instead of basically making the clients, you know, change themselves. Yeah. And I think to that end, so you, you've mentioned com composable. And let's talk about that really briefly. The beauty of WordPress is that you can pull in the best search options the best digital asset management options, the best uh, user management options, and bring them into WordPress, the best front-end options, without having to fight against a monolithic platform that's trying to force you down a, a certain path. Like That's one of the things I found really valuable about WordPress. Yeah, I mean, the ubiquitous nature of the platform does mean that pretty much every 
other third-party tool out there is going to have some sort of a WordPress connector. Absolutely. So it really opens the door for, you know, what type of software you pull in to meet your need or software that your organization already has. Yeah. Uh, but I think the other, the other point to this is that WordPress no longer becomes the thing. It becomes an element of your digital stack, right? It becomes one aspect of your digital platform. Yeah, and you know, if I can say, it's pretty much the orchestration tool. It is for a lot of these these pieces. So you know, it's going to be the central hub. Yep, it's going to pull in uh, data from other places, present it in ways, and push it out to other areas. So you know, it 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 works really well as that orchestration. That's been my experience as well. Is that it serves as a good kind of center foundation um, because of the editing experience, because of the openness with things like the REST API, um, but also it's flexibility and ability to move data wherever it needs to. My perception is, and you have more experiences with this than I do, is that you don't get that same level of kind of flexible orchestration at the core with other large enterprise offerings. That's correct. And, you know, we are seeing a lot of the big monolithic .NET platforms start to have more robust API, you know, access, you know, trying to move themselves from that single platform to being headless, to being yep. more composable. But on the other hand, that their com their play at composability is feels like it is for show. If Interesting. I, if I may say, because they still have that all that functionality within their platform that they are looking to now be composable for. Yeah. So you can switch it out, but they make it easier just to use their inborn, you know, built in sure. tools. Sure. And I think WordPress has certain elements where it has its own media library or it has its own search. But if you're doing anything at any sort of word, uh, enterprise scale, like moving away from those things is one of the first things you do. Are there any continued barriers for you to recommend WordPress to clients? Are there any spots where you're like, WordPress is still not a good fit or I'm not sure that it does this thing well? So when we're talking about non-enterprise clients, the idea of having to employ multiple tools, even if they are best of breed, you know, starts to scare them off a little bit. Yeah. You know, they start to see like, why can't we just have one platform? It does it. It's one point of failure. It's, you know, one licensing fee. Yep. And, you know, they start to shy away from what they think of as an over-engineering sure. of a platform. No, I could definitely see that. Is there anything else that that you run into with barriers, whether it's on your client side or even your side where you're like, I'm not sure this is right. Or your clients come to you and you're like, I'm not sure this is the right, right fit. I think it's that security perception. Yeah. That, that perception that, that WordPress is insecure, that, you know, it's hard to update and that they'll have to spend lots of money throughout the year continuing to fortify it. And that's largely a problem that's been solved both in WordPress core as well as some of the other like hosting options that, that are out there as well. So it's, it's kind of a non-issue, but it's one that, surprisingly keeps coming up over and over again. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the clients still want to maintain their own hosting or, you know, look to be like, well, I can just go on GoDaddy and put a WordPress site up. So, you know, there's the the worth of those hosting platforms that provide that additional security and additional feature sets, you know, sometimes feels a little harder for them to swallow the cost. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the editing experience in WordPress. What has been your experience trying to suggest and encourage enterprise clients to use WordPress when it comes to an editing standpoint or that like uh, building experience for their marketers? With the advent of 
the Gutenberg block builder. There we go. The G G Gutenberg block editor. Block editor. So with Gutenberg, you know, I think that that issue is mainly solved. Yep. You know, clients love their drag and drops. They love their just grab a component, put yep. it on the page, be done with it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the people using the admin section are going to be the marketing folk. The marketing folk don't want to have to really think about anything programming related and are usually very visual people. So, you know, with Gutenberg now, I think that point is a lot more moot. I agree. To be. I had a moment with a client yesterday. We were on a call and I was showing them the block editing experience and the drag and drop and everything. And they, they asked, what do I do when I want to edit the HTML? I said, well, there's a way to do this, but no, like you don't need to do that. We don't, we don't want you when they're editing the HTML. He's like, no, I know. But like, what if we really need to? And I was like, I finally just had to tell him if you're in there editing the HTML, something has gone wrong. Like there's, there's an issue here. There's a problem that we need to address. Um, and, and that's the beauty of the, the block editor is that you don't have to go in and go back to writing dirty HTML to get it to, to look right. Like we build these blocks in such a way that they're universal and they can work anywhere on the site. And my perception, I don't know if you've had the same experience is that that frees up the marketing team to work much more efficiently than trying to dig in and just build stuff themselves. It does, but it also calls problems in organizations who someone's sole purpose was to hack and slash at the solution that they have. So that's the way they're used to operating. Yep. So the idea that it will just work seems foreign and somehow gets pushed back. Yeah, no, and obviously the goal is we want to free those up to pe those people to do other valuable roles in the company, right? Like the idea being that if someone doesn't need to hack at the HTML and that we have a consistent experience across the entire website so that it's not different over here compared to over there based on their branding and, and their uh, guidelines that they have, that's better for everyone involved. And I think my hope would be that we're freeing those folks up to do other marketing tasks that they they kind of have on their plate. All right. So I think, Todd, there was, there was another item that you were interested in discussing. Yeah. So one of the advantages I see with WordPress that a lot of our enterprise architect or our enterprise clients are looking for is really that multi-site capability. Yes. So the the desire for sharing content among multiple sites, uh, but having different experiences on the front end. So I'm starting to see how WordPress can you know, help in that situation, yeah, that data governance, that that sharing of data and making it easier for, again, those those marketing teams to be able to control information, um, how it disperses out to the multiple sites that are being run from that central platform, and then also doing modifications to some of the content specific to the um, endpoints that they're really hitting. Yeah, so obviously I'm I'm slightly biased um, in that I may have once or twice said that the Gutenberg block editing experience is the best editing experience on the web. But when you take that experience and then you allow that to be a central unified editing experience across a ton of different websites, so you have a singular unified platform, I think that's really powerful and really valuable to companies that might have distributed teams, people across different time zones, people with different roles. And it, it seems like that multi-site capability to syndicate content, to split differently. That's an area where my perception is there aren't a lot of other enterprise platforms that have caught up with that yet. I think that's very true. The content syndication is always a hard sell 
not a hard sell, but it's it's a hard feature to find a platform that does yeah does really well. I mean, everyone you know when you start talking about content syndication, it's like okay, well let's just go put your content somewhere else, and we'll just pull it in. Yeah, you know we'll do we'll we'll do we don't want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And you know I think that WordPress and the way AmericanEagle.com has implemented it uh, for several of our clients, you know, provides that data governance and that honestly just ease of having multiple sites and really just that one back end that a small team can continue to manage. WordPress definitely has the robust user flows and user permissions that you need for that sort of data governance. And then being able to open up different permissions to different teams so they can own their own things without having to give them keys to everything is huge. And then again, you're still on the same platform. So you have the same uplift from all of the code that you're pushing. You have the same performance. And one of the things I've heard from enterprise customers is the difficulty and the lost efficiency when people have to go into three different systems to do something versus one is enormous. Absolutely. One final thing I'd like to end with, Todd, before we kind of wrap this up is maybe give me an example of a time where you've recommended WordPress to a client, why you thought that was a good fit and what, what that looked like. Sure. So one of the best examples I have is kind of a like for like comparison. Uh, we had a client who basically was all in on HubSpot. HubSpot was their CMS. It was their marketing tool and their automation CRM. Yeah, CRM like that. Yeah. And the thing is, the HubSpot did not give them the flexibility that they needed to. And kind of like WordPress, you know, it has almost a singular way of doing of storing data. Yep. And you basically have to, at least in HubSpot being a SaaS platform, you have to pretty much hack and slash to be able to get additional content yep. types in there. And, you know, for us, the, it, you know, WordPress was basically a natural fit at that point in time. You know, it integrated with the outside platforms that they were looking at. You know, it provided the multi-site capabilities that they really needed um, and also provided, honestly, the right price point. Fantastic. Todd, anything else you'd like to leave us with on WordPress before we wrap up here? Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to see, you know, where WordPress goes, you know, and exactly, you know, how AmericanEagle.com continues to utilize that tool. And, you know, the different experiences that it can really open up for our clients. I'm just excited to have another, you know, tool in the tool belt yeah. in things to recommend to clients to not always have to go with the .NET, the monolithic platforms, the, you know, the tried and true platforms that, you know, everyone wants to go with, you know, and, and provides them the flexibility because not every client of ours is a enterprise level client. Uh, some of them are very budget conscious, um, which you know, in many ways, WordPress can help. Yep. But yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting one because it's it's something we've discussed quite a bit on on the podcast already. I think one of those areas that WordPress is trying to expand itself out to is that block editing experience and trying to push for a standard block uh, experience pattern uh, across the web so that regardless of whether you were on WordPress or HubSpot or any other platform, you'd have the same editing experience. Um, I think that's one area that WordPress could go that could be really interesting and really provide some value even to some of those monolithic platforms that could license that sort of thing to have that great editing experience. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you coming out and chatting with us. Appreciate the discussion. Thank you. As always, thanks again for joining us out here at the bleeding edge of WordPress. 
always appreciate our listeners. I am your host, Landon DePasquale, and until the next episode, feed your WordPress obsession. For more information about today's episode and the topics discussed, check out our dedicated WordPress Edge landing page at AmericanEagle.com studios. 